Welcome to Gray Awakenings, a podcast covering the gray areas of life. Hello, hello. Hey. Hello. Hi. Um, so my name is Hannah Gray. My pronouns are they and she. And my fun fact of the day is that it's kind of hurting in my wallet. But Adrian and I spent like $179 at the thrift store the other day, which is unheard of. <laughs> But like you guys probably got, got like, <laughs> like a lot of things, three, four hundred dollars worth of like clothing True. and home goods. So like yeah. suck it up. Worth it. <laughs> Treat yourself. Right. Um, and my name is Adrian Gray. My pronouns are he, him. And my fun fact for the day is I'm ready to get spoopy. Spoopy. I like that spoopy has become a thing because, like, I like things that make me think of poop, and it's funny. Um, but also, <laughs> it's our birthday month, so you can't not be excited. That's true. Yeah. Hannah's was Saturday. Mine is on Sunday. It's not my birthday month, but I just want to be part of your gang. <laughs> <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no one can hear you if you're not talking to the mic. Hi, my name is Ashley. Oh, no, you got to talk <laughs> way louder than that. <laughs> so we're working mics out. <laughs> oh. So it actually registered pretty well. <laughs> you just kind of whispered into it. and you're Ooh. <laughs> Your next, like, <laughs> business venture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm Amanda Drew. My pronouns are she and they. And my fun fact of the day is that I am wearing... Spoopy Halloween leggings that I wear year-round, so fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ashley Hudson. My pronouns are whatever you want them to be. And my fun fact is... I'm probably not going to sit still this entire time because this is too comfortable, but I can't get comfortable. (laughs) Okay. You do your boo-boo. Oh. Um, so today we are talking about toxic relationships, um, but we're going to kind of focus more on like platonic and familial toxic relationships. Am I right? Yeah. I feel like a lot of the time that people are like, I was in a toxic relationship. They're talking about like a a partner. Yeah. yeah, Like someone that they probably lived with and that like, like we all know these stories, but like no one talks about like the toxic friendship that you have that you're grieving because you left mm-hmm. yeah it's just not something that we talk about or we put so much little value in like that grieving process that yeah. i think it's important to talk about for sure cool do you want to kind of like tell us more about you and like why you're here ashley i'm here because i'm an all-star toxic relationship observer <laughs> 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 i've seen it i've lived it i've done it i'm here <laughs> and you're here to tell the tell I'm here to tell tales. All the tales. Some tales. Cool. Get get tales. Um, so maybe we should start with talking about like what a toxic relationship actually is, what it looks like, all that jazz. I think it can vary like dramatically too. Mm. Yeah. It can change so much in such a little amount of time. <laughs> so like when... um. Since you're like our expert here, (laughs) (laughs) what are some of like the top things that you notice in relationships where you're like, oh, that that one is toxic. (laughs) So I think one of the main things that you have to understand is that 
no one ever asks to be in a toxic relationship. You never earned it. You never chose it. It was never something you signed up for. You never like deserved it. Right. Right. Sometimes it just happens because people are raised horribly or people are narcissistic, which usually comes from being raised horribly, where just people don't know how to love without conditions. And it's terrible. Or they have some sort of trauma that they haven't like healed from. And that's a thing, you know. Yeah, for for sure. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess one of my biggest red flags would be when you start second guessing your gut feeling. I'm a huge gut feeling person. So like when you instantly are like, I don't feel right. But you don't do anything about it. Because then you are afraid they'll stop loving you or you're afraid they're going to stop talking to you. That's one of the biggest things is the silent treatment. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, so relatable. <laughs> yeah, all of us were like, oh, God. <laughs> I like feel this in my bones. I'm like, oh, this is a scary story for a spoopy month. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, when my husband and I started dating, it was fun because I'm a I'm a talker. Like if I if you do something that angers me, I'm going to be like, you have to talk to me. You have to you have to be like, I'm mad at you. So here's why <laughs> for 10 minutes straight. <laughs> like I'm going to stand on the couch and scream, <laughs> but don't go in the other room and let me cool down. If that makes any sense, like if I have more time to think about it, it's not good. <laughs> I'm going to make it worse in my head. And I'm going to be like, you're giving me the silent treatment when really he's trying to give me space and I don't like space. I feel like it's hard sometimes because you're like communication, but also I need to think about this because sometimes you don't know what you're even going through until you like, like sit in it for a second. I don't know. It's hard to like, know. I need to talk about this now or I need space. Well, there's also like two different types of feelings that you have when like when something angers you. It's like that first like gut reaction and then it's like like hot and heavy and it it hurts and then there's like the like okay I can see where this hurt was coming from <laughs> like I can see where like maybe I had a preconceived notion or there was trauma in my past that I had to deal with and like to cool down is is to take that second look and be like oh that's where that's coming from and that's just uncomfortable absolutely I agree for sure. Um, so that gut feeling is kind of something that comes up. Um, probably just like wanting to not be near these people or like after you leave, you just feel completely sucked dry of just any energy, positive or negative. You're just like, it's like, there's, there's like, um, what do they call them? Like vampire, vampire, like oh, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. vampires. Um, what are they? Oh, I don't know. I think they just call them vampires. Suckers. Energy vampires. Oh, Boo. yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, what were you saying? I said fun sucker. <laughs> I mean, that too. <laughs> um, but, like, those people where you're literally in that room, in that space as them, and you just, they suck all your energy out of you. I think, though, that's, like, one of the biggest signs that you're an empath, too, which... I read this quote and I'm not going to say it at all properly because I can't remember it word for word and I'm really, really good at like paraphrasing. Um, but it said that empaths and narcissists are created the same way from trauma. 
but one person decides, okay, this sucks and I never want it to happen to somebody again and becomes an empath. Whereas the other person says, oh, this happened because I was weak. I have to be stronger. And that sometimes can lead to them taking advantage of others or just creating this shell to hurt. I love that so much, actually. Because <laughs> I think that a lot of... So, like, another trait that popped into my head um, is, like, when when people will do things so that you suddenly, like, rely on them or you owe them something. So, like, whether that's a coworker who's like, oh, no, 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 I'll do that. You go on your lunch. And then you come back and they're like, but I did that for you. And they use it as tools. You know what I mean? Um, like that's a really big thing with like toxic relationships, at least that I've like, that I've experienced. Yeah, for sure. Do you think we should define empath, empath and narcissist? Why for not? Folks that might not. Why know. not? Okay. So I got the empath up here. So um, it is. Defined as a person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. That's weird. Okay. Being empathetic (laughs) is when your heart goes out to someone else. Being an empath means you can actually feel another person's happiness or sadness in your own body. At times, it may even be difficult to tell if you're feeling your own emotions or someone else's. And a narcissist is a person who has an excessive interest in or admiration of themselves um and i feel like narcissism can also be closely related to machiavellism please define okay so (laughs) like narcissism is so when you have a narcissist they are no never wrong they're always the victim or they're always the hero they're never the villain whereas machiavellism is like I'm made of gold and I'm the greatest thing in the whole wide world and I'm wonderful and I'm so glad you got an A, but I got an A plus and <laughs> you would have got an A plus if you tried harder. It's like that person who always kind of ones up you. Yes. It's yeah. like a narcissist on hormones and steroids and everything to make them the worst person ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Just to boost that kind of narcissistic tendencies and the, the me, me, me attitude. Mm-hmm. So definitely, there's three definitions, I guess. Mine is not Webster's. It's fine. I just Googled it. It's, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, so obviously we can have these relationships and a lot of different dynamics. Um, for now, do we want to focus on like, like kind of like work dynamics? Do we want to focus on friendships, family? What are we thinking? Or do we want to just kind of like talk about maybe our experiences with people with narcissism or um toxicity and stuff like that i don't know i'm open to whatever me too <laughs> we need so much we need a power yeah, house. W- so then <laughs> fine uh, here i am right. <laughs> Hi, i'm amanda <laughs> so then ashley we're kind of talking about like the the co-worker before do you want to start off with like a co-worker story for us so that we can kind of like see how that toxic relationship was for you like walk us through like what the toxic relationship was um how you knew it was a toxic no, like first okay, okay. <laughs> and then what happened like did you leave did you end up staying um when you if you left like what did you feel 
Like, I want to go through, like, the grief process, too, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll grieve it all up for you. All right. So, um, she was a coworker. We got along very well to begin with. And I think that it was almost this weird blend of, now I'm trying to, like, psychoanalyze why she was doing what she was doing, but I have no idea why. I'm just totally going on a limb. Um, I think she was a little bit sensitive because she was a little older than the other coworkers and she was trying to stay young and hip and in the scene. So she tried to connect with us on different ways that was, they were not appropriate. Um, I remember one day she would be like, Hey Ashley, come here. I'm going to show you this picture on my phone. And I remember walking over and being like, what's on your phone and getting like, "Mm, yeah, let's do it. And they were her breasts. And I was like, okay, not, not good with that. Goodbye. Gonna go now. And she was like, ha ha ha. And I was like, I don't, that's weird. That's a weird that's sexual thing to harassment. Do. <laughs> like, ooh. if that was the only thing she did with sexual harassment, she never. She was. She still works there too, which is terrible. Um, but it started mainly when I got pregnant with my first child, and that's when she kind of unraveled. And I went from being like her best friend, and we'd go on breaks together, to her not talking to me, and then telling the managers I was keeping snacks from her. Snacks. <laughs> 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 yes yeah. literally like crackers karen so then she'd bring in chocolates the next day and wouldn't give me any and it was it was literally little like jabs like that that i would be like are you really are you doing this right now and the other coworker we worked with would be like i don't know what's gotten into her and then you know she'd start with the don't tell anyone you're pregnant you can still miscarry and you shouldn't have gotten pregnant because you're homeless. And yeah, I was homeless at the time. It's fine. I was living with my parents. It's good. (laughs) We were homeless in the sense of like we had a home, but we didn't own it. (laughs) Um, But she was just God awful. And then I remember it getting so bad. I was, I was two months pregnant and I had a sinus infection, which fun fact, total different story. You can get really bad sinus infections when you're pregnant because your linings get thicker. And it happens in your nose. And Hmm. yeah. So that happened to me, of course, because like I'm going to get that 1% thing that nobody ever talks about. (laughs) And I was just coughing and dying. And she was like, are we going to have to listen to you do this for nine months straight? And I was like, well, hopefully it's done after the first trimester. (laughs) I hope not. So I was eating like dried noodles and like all the bland foods because I was like, gagging every 10 minutes with this baby and um there's this spray that they have in hospitals that smells like they mixed orange peel juice with cotton balls and like almost like mothball-y kind of old person smell it's god-awful well, the, so the reason they have it is because it's for, you know, like if somebody defecates, you can spray it and it gets rid of the smell of poop, but it doesn't get rid of the smell of god-awful oranges. And I remember eating in the break room because the um, other break room smelled too much and I was gagging. <laughs> and she sprayed it for 10 seconds straight, just, and I just upchucked everywhere. It was terrible. And then when it started causing some serious health problems, that's when I was like, I'm done. I'm quitting my job. I don't care if I have no house. I don't care if I'm not working. I'm not going to risk my baby's life and my life for this woman's petty, childish behavior. 
So I quit. And it was the greatest thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> <laughs> kind of seems like, like listening to that, it seems like she might have like been jealous of you being pregnant in some ways. Or maybe like she had lost a child before or something so like that. So she has two children. Okay. And not that that would mean she's not yeah. at all. Um, I thought about that a lot too. I thought that could easily be something. Not but like saying that what she did was okay, but I'm just right. like trying to figure it out. I'm trying right. to psychoanalyze it. Absolutely. I'm like, what's happening? No, it's just, it's terrible. I feel like, cause I did the same thing where I was like, Ooh, let's, let's think about why. <laughs> and like, does it, does it matter? Like when you're no. in a toxic relationship like that, when you're in like, like you were coworkers, but you were still in like a toxic relationship. Like, does it really matter why? Like, but as, as people who care about other people, like empaths, like we're, we're all empaths here. <laughs> we tend to focus on like healing other people or like mm-hmm. trying to understand and just giving them another chance and like. But like the, that shit was petty as fuck. <laughs> like, like that was not <laughs> that was next level. It like, it was like very passive aggressive. I feel like as someone who's very passive aggressive, just like the spraying and stuff like that. Like all of those weird. It was like not maybe not that passive, but and maybe she say thought like she aggressive, was being passive aggressive. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, she didn't come out and say like I hate you because you're pregnant, but she came out and like sprayed the you know mothball spray in your face so she told my managers that she didn't like me because of a phone call she received that she thought was from me yeah so i was like okay now this makes sense i gotta go yeah that's (laughs) weird that's so weird i've gotta run now (laughs) which i this is one of the the little fun coping mechanisms for narcissisms and like narcissists and all that distance Distance is one of the most amazing coping mechanisms because it can help you heal. It can help you get some very much needed insight and self-reflection. And also it kind of starves them of what they crave. Mm-hmm. So it it's like a win-win for you. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a lose for them. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, that when you're dealing with someone who is toxic and has these toxic traits that they're pressing on you, it's like... Um, it it becomes something because I mean we've all been toxic like all of us have been a toxic person at one point like what are you gonna do we're humans um and it becomes that thing that you're like yeah today I'm gonna spray mothball stuff in her (laughs) face when she's eating like and like (laughs) eat some oranges (laughs) (laughs) you know so like as like a person who is toxic it's i'm not saying like oh whatever i'm probably toxic in someone's book we're all the devil in someone's book but like (laughs) (laughs) probably a narcissist (laughs) but but like um it does become something that like they thrive on you know like grossly obsessive i mean like basically what you're describing is the gray rock so like depriving them of everything that like fuels their fire in order to like make them better or demean you more or even just to feel good sometimes it just feels good to be away from them 
I remember I had, and here's another totally different toxic story. I remember I had a friend who, when telling people about this person, I would be like, and, but they're a good person. And after a little bit of saying that, it clicked with me. And I'm like, if I have to explain that they're a good person after explaining the terrible things they did. I feel so called out right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, fuck. (laughs) This is me. Like they're not a good person <laughs> like if that's if that's your go-to move if you are well they pushed the kid down the stairs this didn't actually happen like <laughs> this is an example <laughs> they pushed a kid down the stairs but they're a good person you're making excuses for someone and without realizing it they either probably made you feel very wanted or loved for you to be in that kind of situation where you are okay with kind of terrible behavior. Well, it's like you're protecting them because right. you love them or you care about them or they manipulated you so much that you're in a very delusional state where you see all these red flags and you're like, fuck, this is terrible behavior, but they're still a good person. And like you find those couple thing reasons why you should still be their friend. Well, and this stems from the trauma. Oh yeah. And like what you just said to me makes me go, they made you think that because if you leave, you're the bad guy Mm -hmm. and they're the victim. Mm -hmm. And it just stems that constant narcissistic need for attention because in in the narrative, in their narrative, you're the bad guy. You left. You don't love them enough. And they also make other people think you're the bad person, too, because that's just how the toxicity works. They always have to have a good a good reputation. Another thing is that, like, I feel like every time that there's a toxic relationship, there's also some way that this person, like, needs you. Like, whether that's, like, um, for emotional support or financial support um, or or even something as simple as, like, like, using a mental illness to, like, make you guilt, like, feel guilt. So, like, I'm wondering, like, did your coworker ever make you feel guilty for not doing something? Like, did she use that tactic on you? No. Okay, so she was just straight toxic. Like, she was, she was just a weirdo. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like, like, so that's that's why we go back is because we feel guilty. It's because, like, but they need me and they need help or they, like, they love me or they require something. Or you have me. found some healing in yourself and you want to help them heal, but it's not going to happen. You can bring a horse to water. What was that? You can bring a horse to water. I thought you said you can bring him holy water, and I'm like, you can do that too, but that's not going to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> I think sorry, it's guys. also. Oh my god, don't be sorry. Um, I think it's important to like, even I don't know, just kind of like noticing how toxic people use manipulation to control us and like use certain things to control what we do because like we just brought up like a work one I'm, tr- I'm curious if anyone else has like work stories I feel like you have to have one tell us about so it so many so as we all know uh, not everybody knows but um I've 
been in welding for about five years, and so I'm. <laughs> if anyone wants to know, that was my teeth hitting the microphone <laughs> because Hannah had to unplug the headphones at that very moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's her harassment. <laughs> Um, toxic relations. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in these environments of welding, it's very much toxic, masculine, old white dudes who have all of this white privilege and think that everybody is trying to take it from them. So um, it's just like this constant state of me having to hide myself all the time. And then like people talking behind my back of like oh is he gay <laughs> like well yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but you know it like they just like never asked me up front most of the time or like they use it to pick on me behind my back or um the most sounds toxic. like they're afraid of something yeah but the most toxic relationship that I ever had in the work environment was at my very first job with my boss. And he was batshit crazy, psychotic, uh, a drunk. Um, so, like, he would put red wine in, like, a naked grape, yeah, grapefruit juice bottle. And um, would come into work plastered all the time. This dude is like 6'5", jacked, like 300 plus pounds. And his way of playing around, like he would go around and try and kiss people's necks. He was hiding something. Well, he was he was bi. He had oh, opened okay. up. Then he yeah. wasn't hiding it that much. He had opened up to <clears throat> me about that. I'm sure he told other people and didn't remember because he was too drunk. But like... Um, you know, I'm only 5'9", and I'm, like, 150. And he would, like, just come over, and his way of playing around is him punching me in my side. And then kissing your neck? He didn't kiss my neck at work. Oh, at work. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, okay. like, this is where the story leads up to. Eventually... The bosses caught on. They tried to send him to rehab. He said no. And so then he got fired. Um, and because I'm an empath and I care deeply about people, I wanted to make sure that he was okay because he just wanted to kill himself because that was his everything, his job, his l like lively being. And so I went over there with a few people and we started drinking with him. And then that was the night that I was assaulted by him. So, yeah. Yeah, that is toxic. And it sucks that like the, the toxicity, it doesn't always lead to assault, but like it does. Yeah. But it, like, like the worst part is, is that the entire time that I was there, he constantly put me on this big pedestal, made me feel good about myself. Like step one to narcissism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Feel great. You're wanted. You're needed. You're the best thing ever. Yeah. Don't ever make me sad, though, because I can't handle it and I'll kill myself. 
yeah. which is terrible because some people and this that comes down to mental health though some people do use hurting themselves in suicide threats as a form of control and it's happened for a long time and nobody wants to talk about it yeah but it does happen unfortunately it sucks um do you want to go or do you want me to go okay 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 um so <laughs> uh i guess i mean i'm, I'm sure that i've how, how what can i talk about <laughs> so um my last like job job uh, I worked job, at job. job 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 <laughs> it's it's not the new company name job job you want job job I get you job job <laughs> do you need a job no I need a job job that's their get slogan that. <laughs> yeah um but the last like like in office job I had was uh, at a dental lab and I worked with a family member which like <laughs> never I don't recommend doing that Bad ever idea. again <laughs> <laughs> but like she was the cool aunt you know like whatever like that's awesome I love her oh my god and then working with her was like like literal hell <laughs> like um so like I would oh hold on oh, okay never mind we we don't have something to say um like I I remember one time I it was super lenient so I actually texted her hey I'm gonna be a couple minutes late I was nine minutes late okay it was because someone was like I was getting a fridge installed in my brand new house like legit like I can't leave because there's someone in my freaking driveway and in my house and I can't leave them here <laughs> so uh um so she was like yeah sweetie no problem like it's perfect I absolutely it's fine so I get there I start my work nothing is wrong and then like three weeks later um I ended up I ended up like complaining about work that I was given that was not mine to do mm -hmm. and it was like something that was so simple but she was convinced that the person who was assigned to do it couldn't because he was too old and couldn't learn to do new things and I was like okay that's bullshit number one number two I have a stock full of shit that I have to get done and you're adding on an hour's worth of work into that like this is not effective he's sitting there working on the same tooth for three hours like just work on time management with him like this is your job as a manager and um she ended up pulling me into the the office to talk about it to talk about my work ethic because you know you know how like corporate people do like oh you had a a moment where you didn't like how we run things so therefore your work ethic isn't good um and like no I'm just real efficient <laughs> fast so, as fuck <laughs> like listen I just don't like excuses either uh but she ended up being like and we let you come in late all the time and I was like 
what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like I'm not sure what is going on here. And she ended up screaming at me, like legit screaming at me about how she let me come in late that one time uh, for the fridge, the fridge business. And uh, and I was like two hours late and I was like, you can literally pull that up in the system to see that I was nine minutes late. So I'm not sure why you're even bringing this up. And she was like, well, I just think that it's ridiculous that you would even bring up the fact that I could do that because I know that I can do that, but I'm not going to do that because that's, I know when you came in and I was like, I'll go do it. Like I legit was like, I don't fucking care. Like (laughs) I'm going to go and I'm going to fucking check it out (laughs) because I'm a petty bitch. (laughs) Also, she's trying to use something against you. Right. Just, just to bolster the idea that like, I didn't have good work ethic or that um, I wasn't she was coming at your character, your work ethic, you yeah. know, not to yeah. say that a million times, but no, but yeah, my, my character as well, like that I didn't care about the company or I didn't care about time or that I didn't care about like being on time as an employee, which is like ridiculous. Like, I don't know. As, when I worked at Hot Topic, I would call people if they were two minutes late and be like, what the fuck are you? You should have called. Like, if you're going to be one minute late, you fucking call. That's the thing. <laughs> I literally messaged you today and I was like, I'm either going to be right on time or four minutes late. And I was actually like 10 minutes early. So <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I got here. But hey, we're here. <laughs> I know. I was like, both of you guys got here really, really early. Like yeah. Usually I'm early. walking in like 633. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> But but I was eventually like laid off from that place. And the like two months before I was laid off, it was like she was doing little things like like asking me to train someone else on all the little things that I was doing around the office and the lab Um, and like talking to other people in closed rooms and then peeking out of the window to stare at me. Okay, so like very obviously doing things. And at the time I was also um, I was pumping at work. And so she complained about me pumping at work. Squirted her. I didn't even have enough milk. Okay, that would have been a waste. (laughs) But seriously, I would have if I fucking could have because she would complain about like like. It, It was everything. Everything was suddenly a problem. And it was because I said that she needed to step up as a manager like she's and honestly like managing isn't what she does there that's her title but like she schmoozes and like she's the doctor like the the coordinator between like the doctors and the lab because she's so good at manipulating people and I'm like oh yeah that's a job that you should have really but like you should not be managing anyone in this fucking lab because you can't get shit done like but so now we're like, we don't talk. If she comments on my shit on Facebook, I'm like, ooh, delete that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know how she's at. I don't think I blocked her, but I unfriended her. So, like, I'm not sure how she's still seeing anything. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, like, toxic <laughs> relationships suck. So, like, when yeah. I left, I was like, oh, a blessing. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> this feels yes, so I could good. breathe. Yeah. It literally feels like you have blocks lifted from your chest. When you decide to distance and you're like, okay, I need to, I need to do this. I need to go. I need to distance. You're like, oh, 
Oh, air. Hi. <laughs> Hello, air. Hello, self-worth. <laughs> you can also like untense your body and mm-hmm. just relax for once. Um, I think I slept for the first time in like three weeks after I stopped talking to one of my toxic relationships. Oh, wow. And I was so happy. That's awesome. My husband's like, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a whole new person. Um, I was on Instagram today and went by this quote by Channy Nicholas, which if you don't follow Channy Nicholas, follow them. ASAP. Um, C-H-A-N-I Nicholas. They're astrologer. They're awesome. Okay. You are allowed to remove yourself from relationships where your gifts are used up, but your being isn't appreciated. Burn, Channy. Damn. Channy's hitting it hard. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and like the part that really hit me was like the fact that your gifts are being used, but like you actually aren't even being like treated well. I don't know. I don't know why that made me think of this, but like one of the things you can look for in identifying if you're in a toxic relationship is me statements. I feel like people who are toxic for you only say me statements. Oh yeah, today I, or well, me and my, or you know, me statements. They never say, so how about you? What about you? What was your day? How do you feel? What did you want to say? It was always just about them. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Reading that just like made me realize how basically in any job I've ever really had, um, I've always been this person who just does whatever they want me to do. And like, I will wait for their beck and call. I will let them take advantage of me in ways of like, I will work all the hours. I will accept all the shifts. I will accept all the gigs. Like, even if I'm not being paid my worth. So it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Amanda just fell this off. This is the time for the Love intermission. <laughs> that was. Wait, now I'm going. Oh no. <laughs> okay. This is the greatest couch that ever. Was, you just like kind of <laughs> rolled off. I'm like, I was like looking at you and then you were just gone. <laughs> and after this, we have to walk downstairs. It's going to be a I mess. Really <laughs> wish we had that on video. I, I wish I got that on a boomerang. <laughs> just the single leg. Yeah. No, I saw your whole body roll off from my angle. Um, but just like... <laughs> I feel like it's always me talking when you guys do something weird and laugh. That's because that's our time to reposition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like the shitting in the hands thing. Oh, no. (laughs) (sighs) But back to what I was saying. Like, I just feel like I feel like I work environments almost always are toxic because there's like power dynamics. There's... um, I mean, capitalism is not to like talk about that too much. I feel like I talk about it all the time, but like literally capitalism is unethical. So toxic connections are going to fester in capitalist places. So it's like in a work dynamic, you're not getting paid your worth. I Honestly, we're not getting paid our worth. If you, I mean, I don't even know. I can't even put a number on what I feel like an hour of my time is worth. Um, But it's like, it's toxic. I don't know. Everything about work is toxic. If you really like look at it. 
I don't know. I'm going really deep. Real, real deep, but whatever. Well, at least like the system that we have in place right now. Because you're right. It's all all power structures and like you're vying for an extra 50 cents an hour every year. Like, fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm with you. Like, I don't know what my time is worth. Like, I couldn't put a number on it because time is what's important. Money Mm -hmm. isn't to me. Like... I would rather have time than money. That doesn't yeah. mean that I don't need money. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's not important in my life because I need to eat and like clothe myself and have a house. But like, it's, I don't know, secondary. Yeah. It's weird to think about that. Like, and I think about when I first got a job and I was literally getting paid like $7 an hour. And now I'm like $12 and like before i was like 725 fuck yeah i'm like the fuck no like uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh so it's just like crazy thinking about that but um kind of want to like touch in on either like toxic friendships or family toxic family is never talked about and it's literally everywhere it's everywhere everyone has somebody in their family that is not good for them that's cool. Cut them off. <laughs> I feel like the only time that it's talked about is like, um, like when when you're sitting down with your friends and you're like, yeah, my mom is just narcissistic and I hate it. Ugh. And then they're like, oh, yeah, mine too. And then you move on. And no one actually freaking like sits there and talks, talks about it. So I think that it's like really important thing to talk about. And it's it's hard too because I mean on social media you see all these smiling faces and all these beautiful families and stuff and then when you like actually sit next to the person and hear these dynamics you're like holy shit there's like a lot more to this than meets the eye and um and that's kind of I mean not only talking about like narcissist um people but like they keep a front you know everyone else is like that person's amazing and then if you ever speak out against them everyone else is like what the fuck are you talking about like they're super nice to me they don't do that to me and you're like oh now I look like an idiot you know like no one's gonna believe me that's terrible and I hate to say it but like I've got one of those I definitely have one of those and like it took me a solid six years to catch on but now I'm like all right fucking try me (laughs) so like when it comes to toxic family then like how do we break down these walls and these barriers to like actually talk about it why do you think people are so afraid to talk about it everybody thinks because probably mostly because of social media but everybody thinks that it isn't happening and if it's happening to them it's like the whole um Sexual assault problem. There's a stigma with sexual assault. There's a stigma with miscarriages. There's a stigma with all this. These are a whole bunch of trigger warnings, but um, I already wrote a bunch down. Super sweet. Um, but like, you, if something happens to you, you should feel free to talk about it because it's not just you. It isn't just you that had a sexual assault happen. It's not just you that had a miscarriage. It's not just you who your father calls you fat every Thanksgiving. My dad doesn't do that because my dad is a saint. But somebody's dad probably does. And here's the deal. Call him out. Talk about it with somebody. Yeah, but I also feel like not everybody gives you the space to be able to talk about it. Like when you go out with your friends, like you don't want to talk about that shit all the time. Like you want to go out and have a good time. Or like if you do have a friend that 
you could talk about something like this too. It, you know, it's not always like a subject that you do want to talk about. So that's one of the things that me and a very close friend have actually started to work on with each other. Um, if I'm having a bad mental health day, something triggers me. I need to speak about it. I need to vent without any judgment towards myself or the person I'm complaining about. I'll hit him up and be like, we need to have a hangout time. I need to just lose my mind for about 15 minutes. And then you can tell me whatever you want and I'll be good. We'll get sandwiches. <laughs> but like you have to you have to find somebody who's OK with that. And if it might even be as simple as being like, can I vent to you about some real personal stuff? And not have you use it against me later. <laughs> um, but also like finding support groups online, um, journaling, counseling, stuff like that too can help. I feel like we're tiptoeing around this, but like, especially with family, like you're not supposed to think badly. Like family is blood. Like family is family. It's always going to be family. And like, it doesn't take away how a person makes you feel it doesn't take away bad things that they might have done to you it doesn't take away like the fact that it's toxic and not healthy for you and at the end of the day you have to think about yourself because yeah like they're your family doesn't that mean they should be treating you better shouldn't you expect there's more also, there's a lot of shame around it too because this um whole like nuclear family model of everyone's happy um the specific family how it looks and like there's a lot of shame around when it doesn't but there's also silence because of that loyalty because of of like family is blood you feel wrong and guilty and a lot of shame about talking about it so you're silenced because there's this power dynamic so if it's a parent you're silenced because how you can't talk shit about your parent because they they rule over you or if it's like an an uncle or something well they're older than you so there's a dynamic you can't talk shit about someone who's older than you like obviously we know we can but like when you are in that situation where you're being harmed and you think of all these things and you feel vulnerable and you feel alone and you're like, no one's going to understand this. This isn't okay. Like I'm not supposed to talk about my family this way. So I'm going to look to my, my friends are going to think I'm a shitty like daughter or a shitty person because you're loyal to your family. If I don't show my friend, I'm loyal to my family. Maybe they don't trust that I'll be loyal to them. You know, like your, your head just starts spinning and you're, you're empath. You're like, Oh, what? You're empath. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think anyone a mile away could know that, <laughs> but it's just like your head just spins and it's like thinking of all these random shit. It's all this random the shit. what ifing. Yeah. What if suck? Oh, for sure. And they'll drain you. Yeah. They'll drain you quick. <laughs> I think cause I had, I had one of those situations happen with a family member and I am not a person to not call somebody out on something. I'm a big caller outer. Um, going to do that forever like I definitely am quickly becoming my mother like, <laughs> my mom will be like I don't like how you talk to waitresses and like that's it like it's done <laughs> but so um you know, my mom's an angel <laughs> I love her to death um she's like one of those people who will straight up be like I hate everything you're doing right now but I love you to death and what if this is gonna make you happy cool yeah. which is awesome like that's great 
when it's it's a story time (laughs) when I first met her mom um I was I was working and um her mom (laughs) her mom was like oh my god you're fantastic and can I just tell you that I love that you're not a size two because this makes me real comfortable and then and then (laughs) she talked about like immediate almost immediately she was talking about threesomes and i was like yes you oh my god i need you need you as my like my my mom is great but like i need you as like my friend mom like (laughs) she's fantastic she quickly becomes the friend mom (laughs) she's definitely and there there is no boundary in in my family and like i have to i have to pride my my family on that because like i can tell you that tomorrow if my mom says something that pisses me off I'll be like yo you're pissing me off and she'll be like well you're pissing me off and then we'll scream at each other for like a minute and then I'll be like all right I love you bye and that's it it's done the fight's over we're good we both know how each other felt it was fine um but I had I love my mom (laughs) I had um a, a problem with a family member where I remember talking to another family member about it about something that was said to me. It was very inappropriate. I was not a fan. They addressed it with the person that had originally said it. And their response was, well, I didn't mean it that way. And I was like, okay, but here's the deal. It doesn't matter how you mean it because this is how I feel. You don't get to choose how I feel from a response. Do you have something? I just impact versus intention is so important and people don't care. People just don't give a fuck. I'm so pissed off about it. Like terrible. Yeah. And it's, it's really like, it doesn't matter how you intended it. You know, it, it, it does matter, but it's like how, Oh, he was definitely being an asshole too. Yeah. Like he definitely intended to hurt, Mm -hmm. but you know, yeah, it's hard. Because it's Uh, like, okay, are you being, like, sarcastic? Did I maybe not pick up on that? Or, you know, like, if someone has a different humor than you, you're like, but that offended me, you know, or that hurt me, or... His things always started like this. Oh, do you like to tread water? This is while I'm swimming, right? Yeah, I like to tread water. I like to tread water. I'm a good... I like to swim. I'm a good swimmer. I like to swim. I'm like a mermaid. So I'm like, yeah, I like to to tread water. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't have enough fat to tread water. Oh, okay, cool. All right, bye. See you later. Bye. Got it. Fat. Cool. Bye. And it was literally that kind of conversation. It was not, it was not good. It wasn't, there was no point to it. It was just like that small jab that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. That's stupid. Like, why? I don't have enough enough fat to tread water. Cool. I don't have a penis to wave around in the air. So, have okay. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing penises waving in the air. So thank you. That's we'll we will talk about that a different time, guys. Oh god. I have like this whole thing. If I had a penis for a day. Oh yeah. You'd just wave it around and people So like it we would have to all agree that like sexual harassment wasn't a thing at that day because like I would definitely be like Bleep. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, guess what? That's my penis. <laughs> i have no boundaries without a penis do you know what it would be like if i had a penis oh no (laughs) right like hey look not even a wretch just like a little inchworm cute cute little inchworm (laughs) toxic relationships (laughs) one of my friends would tell me that like he would 
do like all this weird shit like because like he would just like sit around naked with his girlfriend and like they would just i don't know watch a show or something and he would like take his penis and like fold it in some weird way and like i feel like that would hurt cover it no oh and like cover it up with his balls or something (laughs) and then like look over at his girlfriend that's my kind of (laughs) dude like why are we talking about this right now? <laughs> oh wait let's get back these are not toxic relationships no this, these are the relationships every weird. Need, everybody needs and i'm like, like trying to picture what you were just saying and i'm just like was your friend was like honey look what story? i can do i don't understand <laughs> um i think we should also talk about like i know we've talked about like leaving toxic work environments but like that's a lot easier than like creating boundaries and potentially cutting off family members or friendships so i feel like we need to talk about that because that's another thing people don't talk about so like when people go through it they feel so lonely they feel like i don't know i i don't have any support this is scary you know so i think it's important to talk about that well like like i talked about earlier i don't talk to my aunt anymore um so i've already set that boundary if we're at an event together like a family event or like if I bumped into her, like I bumped into her outside of um like family events before like public market stuff like that and um and I've just been like hi okay yes goodbye and I quickly will exit and I don't care if I'm polite about it because there's no point in being polite anymore I'm not gonna come out and be mean but you do not have to like put yourself into positions where you are required to be polite. You don't have to schmooze. You don't have to pretend that everything's okay because it's not. Like, stop I mean, pretending. I guess it depends on the situation, too, and the dynamic. Right. But, I mean, yeah. if you can yeah. cut someone yeah. off, then do and you it. S- do <laughs> it. Yeah. If you're comfortable or ready. But if you're not ready to cut someone off, boundaries are like your best friend. Getting a boundary and sticking to said boundaries. But how do you set a boundary? I I know how, but I want us to talk about it. Okay. How do you set a boundary with someone who has no boundaries or don't they don't respect your boundaries? Well, so here, cutting them off doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stop talking about to them forever. I hate to say it, but you can use it as a... So when you get a puppy, okay... You set boundaries for the puppy, not to chew your shoes, not to chew on this, not to chew on that. When they do, you usually, I I mean, like, I don't know how everybody else raises their dogs, but usually you remove them from a a comfortable state to show them that that's not something good. Mm -hmm. So with toxic people, when they cross your boundary and they don't respect your boundaries, you remove yourself from that state, which makes them uneasy. It doesn't fuel them. What's happening? Why aren't you yelling at me? If you're not yelling at me, you don't care about me. Why aren't you talking to me? If you don't talk to me, you don't care about me. And it fuels that. And then... But, like, also, if they're narcissists, too, uh, narcissists crave drama. So if you're not giving them a a response, a dramatic response, they're like, what the fuck? This is boring. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. they're like, that's... I'm trying to egg you on. I'm trying to get you in this. Let's fight. Let's let's go. And if you don't, they're like... So I can show other people how miserable you are to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, and, and like, it's going to sound weird, but with narcissists specifically, a killing them with silence and kindness will do more good for you than it will for them. Because if you can break away for a little bit and 
shut them down and then say, oh, well, you know, I just thought we needed space because you decided you didn't want to respect this boundary. Then they'll be like, uh, well, uh, well, um, uh, and they, they can't function. They can't figure it out. And well, I feel like, too, if you call someone out on if you call a narcissist out, I don't think that's a good idea. Calling them out. Like when you're saying I call everyone out. I was they like, go for blood then. I was like, don't call it out a narcissist because they I do. They well, <laughs> you got some. Um, but like you can when say it comes it. to calling out narcissists, like they will change it and gaslight you to make you you think it's just like a whole clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. I don't think that's a good idea personally from my experience with like my ex and like stuff like that. It's a really bad idea that to do that because they'll just spin it on you and like all that shit and make this whole thing and like make you feel like shit. And you're like, oh, my God. And it's just like so confusing. It's like a whirlwind. It's like you're literally spinning in this like weird atmosphere. And it's like. Yeah. And Ashley, you said it before that a narcissist is either the, the victim or the hero. So like if you attack them in an, even if it's just a, something as simple as you cross that boundary and now I'm going to remove myself, that's an attack and they're a victim now. But it's because also they'll, now, they'll deny it too. Oh yeah. They'll yeah, be like, yeah. I never did that. I didn't do that. And Which then you like screenshot it and they're like, no, <laughs> I don't even know. What do you mean? <laughs> But yeah, so like they're either they're either the victim or they're the hero and there's no in between. So like calling them out is tricky, but like I mean calling them out in public if if the boundary is crossed and you're like, "Awesome, you crossed that boundary and now I'm going to remove myself in front of other people." I feel like it's harder for narcissists to lose their shit. Well, they're you not going to lose I mean? their shit. They're going to make everyone around you think you're crazy. Because they've already they've already created all these dynamics with other people. You mean the flying monkeys? Yeah, absolutely. Can you def- de- can you define that? So the flying monkeys are um, people that the narcissist has almost brainwashed. Almost. Yeah. It's like it's like they're the, well, the, no, no, the no, flying no. monkeys yeah. are like dependent on the narcissist. Yeah. They can't function without the narcissist. So when the narcissist says something, they kind of spread it like wildfire. Oh well, my I god! Like I heard Amanda did this. The flying monkey was the person. Maybe I'm like misdefining this. But I thought the flying monkey was when you've cut off someone. It's almost like this messenger between. It's someone who like stays in your life, but they're also a flying monkey, so you can't fully trust them because oh, they're still I... in contact with that person. Oh, it is Wizard of Ozzy. Very Wizard of Ozzy because you the narcissist can someone, is the can witch. Can you Google flying monkey? Um, because I'm curious. What yeah, because it is. I thought that I'm the sure. flying monkey was kind of like the henchman, like, um, you're kind of in that sense. I get what you're saying now. Yeah, like you're not talking to the narcissist, so the flying monkey comes and is like, yeah. "Hey, you haven't They're been like, speaking hey, to your mom in a while. Yeah. Why haven't you been doing that?" But also, when you aren't cutting off the flying or the witch, <laughs> um. The flying monkey also can be somebody who kind of takes the knife and turns it a little bit. So, okay, flying monkey. In popular... Oh, what happened? Okay, in popular psychology, a flying monkey is someone who does the narcissist's bidding to inflict additional torment to the narcissist's victim. Mm. It might consist of spying on the victim, spreading more gossip, threatening, painting the narcissist as the victim or the hero. And despite this, the narcissist does not hesitate to make flying monkeys their scapegoats. So... 
I have mm-hmm. a narcissist in my life who has a wonderful flying monkey, like the king of flying monkeys. And if you go at her, she will immediately use him as a scapegoat. Yeah. She will toss him right under the bus and be like, that wasn't me. And I'm like, okay, I don't care who it is. Just stop doing it. Like, it's a simple, like, I'm, like I said, I call, I call out everybody. Like, if you're not going to treat me with respect, I'm going to tell you what's good. Yeah. But they definitely, I see where you guys are coming from with the whole, if you call out a narcissist, it can be really hard for you. It can make more problems. Well, when I'm, when I'm kind of, it depends on the situation, but like in some situations and in most situations, I would probably assume this narcissist has already wrote the script for all these different people. They've they've painted you in a certain way to all these people. So if you blow up on them in public, in a public setting, and these people look at you in the view of what the narcissist has told them, you're playing into their role. You're playing into that and they're going to you're going to leave the room. You're going to be like, "Oh, feeling all healthy and shit. I just called them out. I just gave them space." And they're in there like, "I fucking told you she's crazy. Oh, I told you she freaks out on me all the time." You know what I'm saying though? Yes. Like it will feel like we're doing something good, but they're like totally using it against us and like like ma- creating the story line yeah. and stuff. So Well, like I guess that so like for for me I'm only speaking from my experience yeah. and the 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 one that keeps popping into my head is my aunt okay so like um when I when I first started like talking to other people about what was happening to me it was my coworkers who one was a cousin and then one was his girlfriend and they were tight and they both loved my aunt and worked under her and she gave them like so many opportunities and like doted on them you know took them out to lunches with like awesome dentists who like whatever yeah Beth's teeth oh my god (laughs) and um and so when I first started saying those things they were like yeah but I don't think that she's really nice though like your aunt is really really nice and like that's the, she's she's really nice Ooh, at first. Can I like pause you for one second? Mm-hmm. Toxic people are so nice. are still <laughs> toxic if they're nice to different people. You yes. know, if they're nice to you, that does not mean they weren't abuser to someone else. That's mm-hmm. so important to remember. Everyone has different relationships with different people, but um, but still, after I left, it was probably like two, three, um, two or three months that I was like, like every day. Like, this happened. This was new. This was still not a good thing that happened to me. And I was talking to people. I was talking to my family members. I remember I talked to my dad. And he was like, no, no. And then, like, two weeks after I got laid off, my cousin who worked there came to me. And he was like, the fuck? She started it with me. And I was like, yeah, because I'm not there anymore. You fucking, like, turd nugget. Why didn't you listen to me? You could have left. Like, well, he had so many opportunities. And if he could have just fucking walked away. If you leave, like, if that person's narcissist or toxic, I mean, they're going to still want to have someone to put this out on. So if you leave, they're going to find a replacement. Oh, for sure. 100%. And, and unfortunately, he became the replacement. But also, semi-fortunately, for people who were affected by her toxic traits, it, it ended up spreading so that, like, s- certain family members distance themselves from her. And they they live, like, healthier 
they have healthier relationships now because of it which is real which is why I'm like no call that shit out because yeah it sucks it fucking sucks at first it sucks to feel like you're crazy it sucks to like know your truth and not be heard but also having to deal with mourning the fact that you can't have a healthy relationship with a family member yeah having to accept that and grieve and like have that mourning process yeah but it like it, sometimes you have to go through that you oh know what yeah I mean? yeah it's like it's, and, and so, uh, like I said it sucks but like that's why I'm like you're gonna feel better at the end of the day <laughs> after you accept it and go through that grieving you're gonna feel better um that made me what with what you were saying it made me think about the fact that so one of my most toxic relationships um it actually caused me and a relative to not talk for like five years we were cordial you know, if we were at family things, we saw each other. Oh, hey, how you doing? How's everything? Cool. But we didn't talk. And we were very close beforehand. And um, got a little champagne drunk and uh, <laughs> called her out. And I was like, why are we not friends anymore? And she was like, uh, and I was like, because I miss you. And that was her thing. And she was like, I thought you were going to come at me. And I thought you were going to be aggressive, but you were vulnerable. And I think I thought you were going to be aggressive and come at me because this is what I was being told by the narcissist, that you're an aggressive, mean person that goes at people instead of just being a vulnerable, vulnerable person with emotions and feelings. And I was like, yeah, uh, I've been hearing the same thing. So the good thing is, is that like now me and that relative are on, on talking terms so we can oh my God, this person did this today. And we can talk to each other about that and kind of help each other cope through it, which I don't think we would have ever gotten there if I didn't call her out. And I was like, yo, what's going on? Where'd our friendship go? (laughs) For sure. Oh, this terrible narcissist took it. Got it. Cool. Yeah, no. And a lot of the times you, you'll like sit there and like blame yourself for years because like this relationship used to be something, but it's not anymore. And you're like, oh, I must have fucked up. Oh, maybe they think I'm weird now. And like you don't, you have this far away distance relationship. And then you, you have that talk finally after years and years and years. And you're like, holy shit, the narcissist in the picture totally fucking made this happen because they wanted to split us apart. And oh my God. Like, you I know? remember like the night we went out for coffee to like cash everything out. And I was like, that never happened. And then I'd say something I heard and she'd go, that didn't happen. And like we, it was four hours of us going back and forth. Well, it's about- kind of when you're in a toxic relationship, like a actual, re- like a, a intimate sexual, sexual partner relationship. Oh my God. What am I saying? And like, the toxic person will like like isolate you from your friends oh, and yeah, family no. yes oh sorry that just no made no me think it's of true that. though but like that's the that's what it is isolation if yes. you if you are starting to see isolation around you that's another red flag well and we came to terms with the fact like this is this is what we decided is that isolation works really good for narcissistic toxic people because then they can control the narrative they can control how other people see them they can control how you see them they can control how your enemies see you and it's it's easier for them that way too. or they're making enemies for you (laughs) yes yes and yeah and most of the time they're probably people who probably really liked you to begin with Mm -hmm. and now they are like well now she's a little bit of a bitch which i am but like honest yeah it's terrible 
Yeah, it's just, it's, like, so interesting seeing all the patterns and stuff. And, like, you'll see the patterns in, like, work, but then you'll be like, oh, yeah. So, like, that was happening at work, and I kind of see this over here in my friendships. And, like, at that time, I had, like, very little confidence, and, like, I had these toxic friends around me, and, like, I felt really shitty. But now I have really awesome friends, and, like, I feel really good. So, like, I kind of broke that pattern. But then you start dating someone, and you're like, whoa, like, I felt the way I felt at my old job I felt the way I I was with that one friend and you just like start picking it up after a while I feel like if you're someone like me who attracts fucking terrible toxic relationships all the time I don't know why (laughs) I'm like a magnet for it because you Um, can handle it oh I don't want to anymore (laughs) like recently I had something that was like knocked me on my ass and I was just like fucking universe I get it like (laughs) the lesson I've learned like please stop (laughs) like come on so it's like it's frustrating because like why does it keep happening you know like Mm -hmm. why do these toxic things keep happening and I think though but sometimes it happens because like Amanda had said earlier we're healers we want to heal And maybe those people are looking to you for some sort of healing no that's exactly what it is well, there you go then. And Stop asking it. why you know. <laughs> I know why, but I'm sick of it. <laughs> this is your role. God, no, it's not. Yeah, we're definitely not responsible for healing other people no. all the time. Fuck <laughs> we we want to be in like the way back back of our brains because that's what drives us to like be we, in and we those. can. I can be a healer, but I'm not going to be in a fucking toxic relationship to heal. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ashley's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I feel like we covered a lot. I mean, I'm sure we could keep talking for hours and hours about this, but yeah, I feel like we covered most of the things. What do we think? I think we covered it. I don't know. Talk to people. That's my tip. Communicate. Find Talk. support. Literally find support. There's like groups. If you have like a toxic um, or like a narcissist in your life and you're an adult, there's literally like groups on Facebook called like adult children of narcissists or adult friends of narcissists. You know, like there's all these groups, support groups online um, and you can find and like minded people. You can find people who are going through the same shit you are and um there's a lot of support groups all over the place, but also just like finding those people who you can confide in and like just making sure you know you're not alone and you validate your experience. And even if someone is trying to gaslight you or they are gaslighting you, just try to remember your worth and remember that or like be aware of that happening, I guess. I don't know. Any last minute thoughts? No, uh-huh. that was eloquent thanks (laughs) (laughs) i love you (laughs) i love you (laughs) so final final go away basically is that you are worthy if people are sucking you dry of your gifts of your all the good things and but they're not valuing you they're not appreciating you you deserve better
So, and we all, we love you here at Great Awakenings. Yeah. We love you so much and we know you deserve better. So, you can um, tell and us about your toxic relationships. Yeah, you can <laughs> message us about them too. We're, we're free anytime to receive those messages. But, um, I'm going to have everyone tell their, um, uh, social media stuff. But first I want to remind everyone that we are on Patreon. So if you want to support us in a different way, um, there's a couple different levels you can choose from, and it's just going to support our podcast. We do not get paid for this, for this opportunity. So, um, this is all full free. Um, so that can help us, um, build, merch and like do a bunch of cool things too um but the best thing you can really do for us right now is share our podcast with other people share it online um tell people about us but also subscribe rate and review our podcast especially if you're on itunes um but really anywhere um and if you have any special requests for topics or if you want to be on our podcast message us email us um you can email us at grayawakenings at gmail.com or message us on instagram at grayawakenings um you can find me at hannah gray on facebook and the not the sensual nonconformist on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook at Adrian Gray. And on Instagram, it is the Transpirational Healer. You can find me on Instagram at Not Too Taboo Amanda. And you can find me on Facebook at Amanda Drew. And you can find me on Facebook at Ashley Hudson or Instagram at Mrs. Hudson XOXO. Love it. All right. Well, we love you all so much. Stay tuned. We're going to have some fun, spoopy kind of themed podcast this month. So check out our Instagram and be excited because we are. We love you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.